Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Art podcast. Once again, I'm t- uh, here today with Yash, aka Mathcabal. What's up? What's up? Yeah, so we're here to do a little breakdown of the uh, Warriors Mavs series. So this is the day after um, the Warriors beat the Mavs in Game Three to put themselves up 3-0, um, which essentially should spell the end of the Mavs uh, playoff run unless something unprecedented happens, which I highly doubt because I think the Warriors are playing really, really good basketball. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the way we can start this is uh, I put out the a tweet like before the series started. I think you did you like it too? I know. Uh, What's the tweet? It was the I said Mavs and six basically. I was basically. I think I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said Mavs and six, and then you liked it. I think. I think. Uh, I, had to, I had to keep the receipts. Yeah. No, but... <laughs> I know. So I guess no, I no. guess we, what we kind of do today is just like where did we kind of go wrong was i know you're 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 a warriors warriors guy but like uh you didn't seem too confident well i guess no one really knew this series would end this quickly um, oh no but yeah what were your thoughts yeah uh, i would be lying if i said i'd be lying out of my mind if i said that i thought this the series is going to go this route and I, I don't think anyone really did uh but if you really look at if you really think back those three games, uh, you know, they are up three and zero, but the series is is slash was more competitive than uh, just the win loss column will tell you. Uh, for much of that game or much of each game, I believe Dallas was up. I'm actually, I'm not sure about game one, but game two they were up twenty, uh, up at halftime. Game three, uh, they made a second quarter push, went up nine, uh, and, and we're still. Uh, neck and neck until that fourth quarter uh so i I don't think the the win-loss stuff that definitely doesn't tell you how this how the series has went so far but the golden state has pulled through uh you know the the championship core has has pulled through that's something i've uh i don't know if it was the, the three years missing the playoffs uh or missing the finals that that really threw me off but i wasn't super confident in the core and uh, I was proven wrong. You know, Steph Curry's look like Steph Curry. Uh, Clay's had his struggles, but uh, he's come through. The second half has been, has been his half. Draymond Green has had his, uh, has had his rough stretches, but he's came through as well. Uh, and they've just pulled through one of these three games. And of course, Andrew Wiggins, uh, he's been the X factor in this series and some may even say the MVP. Uh, so we'll get further into the discussions. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely, I guess, underrated the Warriors. I just didn't think they were playing that good of basketball coming in these um, first two series. They weren't really challenged at all with yep. the Nuggets and the Memphis series, especially with them losing Jaw. And I know there's, like, the nuances with that. Like, they were still up 2-1 when Jaw went out. Um, but, you know, Memphis without Jaw is not really that team. Um, I also was just a little scared about Golden State's, like, size issue. Um, which, I mean, it didn't end up hurting them because uh, Dallas likes to play small, um, except Golden State just plays small better than them. Um, and we can kind of get into that with, I think Dallas definitely needs to look into getting a high-level big next year because um, Dwight Powell, I think, is probably like a top 30, 40 center in the league. Like, I don't – he's definitely not a starter on a, on a good playoff team. Uh, and it was clearly shown with – how many minutes he was getting. He was starting games, but he was only he was playing under 20 minutes a lot of the times. Uh, they were doing a lot more Dawis, 
uh, not as much Dallas Bertans, but a lot of uh, Maxi Klebe at the five, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith at the five. Um, but yeah, the Mavs just had to play really small. Uh, and because of the shooting from Poole, uh, Curry, Thompson, it really just drew the Mavericks uh, defense really far on the perimeter, which allowed them, uh, allowed like, Curry to get into the paint, which he did a lot this series. Um, allowed for a lot of slips, things like that, because there there is no rim protector, and, and the defense has to commit so much um, to prevent them getting uh, threes off. And their guys aren't really good at navigating screens. That they're wing defenders like Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock. They're both like on the on the bigger side, I would say. Um, and they it's kind of hard for them to chase around like a like a Curry around like flying off screens like that. Um, so I think that's some of the things I overlooked um, in this series. I thought. Yeah, I just didn't think the Warriors were playing that good at basketball coming in, but, you know, prove me wrong. Yeah, uh, you're definitely not wrong about that. Steph Curry said himself after the post game that the Warriors are playing the best basketball of the season right now. And they're figuring things out uh, as the playoffs have gone on. And, yeah, they were not playing their best brand of basketball the last round. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about that 50-point that blot to the Memphis Sands jaw. Uh, you know, they, they look pretty rough. They look disinterested out there. That was the biggest thing for me. Um, they were, after a, a, a win, it felt like they were, they automatically just uh, took their foot off the pedal and that would get them into big deficits. We even saw that this series in game two. Uh, so to be honest, I, I didn't know if they would, if they really had the drive, honestly, to put, put it all together and uh, put together a good brand of basketball. But here they are at 3-0. Yeah, so the Warriors are probably gonna um, close this one out. So I think now, so we could t- talk first a little bit about what <clears throat> what the you think the Mavs need um, going into the off season to come back um, to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even make a push for the finals, um, especially with the Clippers probably returning Kawhi next season. That team is gonna be really, really, really good, <laughs> um, and, and clearly the West is really uh, wide open. I think we can tell based on these playoffs. Um, so that'll be interesting. So yeah, we'll start with that, and then we'll move on to what the Warriors are looking like moving forward. Um, yeah, but what do you think the Mavs need? Uh, like, what are the kind of their needs going into this off season? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, specifically in this series, was uh, like you said, the lack of a big. So what what Golden State really did uh, in this series was uh, they they, uh, they they started hedging pick and roll. Uh, and, and with their guards, and that sort of, and that sort of nullified the Dwight Powell minutes because you had guys in the back line, Draymond Green, Kavon Looney, uh, that really weren't worried about compensating for his role, uh, and were, you know, they were willing to help off him, uh, focus on the perimeter, uh, shore things up like that. Uh, so having a Dwight or uh, Dwight Powell minutes uh, this series really weren't uh, they weren't really valuable as where, where he thrives the most is in uh, traditional pick and roll playing as a role rolling big and uh, just his in it, like his lack of height his inability to uh, jump as high as he used to I guess uh, they it really wasn't a concern for to force Golden State into playing traditional pick and roll coverage. Uh, so a, a big 
uh, it, it should be on the top of their list. And another area they need to address is uh, slashing and dribble penetration among their wing players. Like guys like J uh, Reggie Bullock and Dwayne Finney-Smith really weren't able to get it going from three the series. And, uh, what and a lot of it was them not being able to maintain rhythm. And a way they could have done that was putting the ball in the basket, getting to, uh, or putting the ball on the floor, getting to the basket, getting to the foul line, uh, just uh, being able to score in a variety of ways to build that rhythm and eventually seeing the ball go through the basket would uh, help, help you get those threes up too. So being able to get dribble penetration a, a big to take, put pressure on the defense and open up better looks for their shooters and uh, in turn dribble drive as well. Yeah, so let's start with the the first point you brought up about the uh, getting a big next year. Yeah, um, just someone who's comfortable in short role, I think, would be really useful. Because um, that that's kind of what I noticed at this series. The Mavs didn't have anyone who was comfortable. Um, just when the Warriors put two in the ball, like kind of sliding into the, like that middle of the floor pocket, and then now you're playing four and three. They really had no one comfortable with that. They didn't have a guy like a Bruce Brown who could like make a read off that or hit a floater. Um, everything for them was just a, um, a, a go screen and they like faded out for a three every single time. Um, and when shots aren't hitting, you know, that's the Warriors aren't really scared of the, the outcome of them uh, hedging. So there isn't really a consequence to them doing that. Um, and then they can just kind of like late close. Oh, they, they get buys. They put the ball on the floor. Dor Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock to me aren't really great players inside of the arc and i know early this season they kind of try to tap into dorian finney smith playing the ball on the floor a little more but that's just not really his game um yeah and when they're not making threes it's pretty tough um yeah just kind of going back to the just getting someone not not even necessarily uh i mean they probably should get an upgrade at center um but they just need someone who can also just short roll because not you're not necessarily all the time gonna set the screen um with the center like if you have a maxi cleave on the floor you might just want to space him and then but maybe you have like a wing who's just um kind of like a secondary guy um maybe they should have used brunson in that a little bit but the issue with that was draymond was guarding him yep um so the warriors could also opt to switch that and also you don't i guess you don't really want draymond to be involved um in the play but maybe maybe you do because if you put him in the high hedge uh, then he's kind of away from the ball and he's like track things down from behind. I don't know. Maybe that's something they could have looked into a little more, um, but you know, it's three Oh, so not really much you can do now. Um, but yeah, I think like a kind of like a Nikola Vucevic level, like role or just a really high, highly skilled center would really make things a lot better. Uh, it would really diversify their offensive attack, which is why I'm a little bit concerned about like, uh, I know the Rudy Gobert thing's been thrown around a lot. I don't really know how great that would be. I obviously on defense that would be just awesome for them. Uh, and the Mavericks probably have more capable perimeter defenders than the Jazz. Um, but offensively, he's kind of the same as Dwight Powell. Maybe even worse at times. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe um, just with he's just kind of slow on offense. Has really bad hands. Um, can't really finish at all. He's not a good free throw shooter. Uh, at least Dwight Powell can like, he can like kind, I mean, he doesn't really shoot the ball that much, but you know, if he's wide open, like he'll take the shot. Gobert, Gobert's not that type of guy. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, and then I guess the, well, the next thing you said, you were talking about just getting some more 
offensively uh, versatile wings. Yeah, I think that's definitely a need. Maybe replacing Bullock a little bit in that starting three position. Um, just someone who's a little more capable, on, just a little bit better on both ends, I think, would be perfect. Yeah. Just because Bullock, you know, he went 0 of 10. And I was just watching back some of his uh, clips. A lot of, I mean, he had some some really, really open threes that, you know, he should have he should have made. Um, but sometimes a lot of them were running against the shot clock. Um, just off like kind of like tough catches, you know, to get the ball up quick. And those are those are just tough shots to make. Um, but yeah, just I think upgrading that that three spot would also be uh, really good. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add too was I think they they they're, they're probably going to bring back Brunson just because he's played so well for them and kind of want to keep the guy you drafted, you know, something like that. Um, but a guy who could like create like kind of like a more explosive, um, like an explosive creator, you know, because Brunson and Luke are more a little more on the methodical side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Brunson Brunson attacks hard, but he'll like stop and do all his pivots, and you're not you're letting kind of the defense catch up to you. You're not really creating an outlet um, or creating an advantage to like get a kick out for all the time necessarily, because um, you're just kind of creating your own shot, which is fine. Like that's valuable, um, but teams can also just stay home on the shooters and you know just live with you taking like a turnaround fadeaway jumper, you know. And I think that's kind of what the the Warriors did at times. They kind of just they put Draymond in him, went under everything, made him shoot pull ups, and just played him one on one, and it kind of worked out in the end. Um, so maybe like a more explosive guy on the perimeter that can just like get by guys, create an advantage, um, kind of easily off the dribble, um, just to take take advantage of uh, Luca's gravity. Yeah, I agree with that, um, and uh, some of that just might be to a mentality shift. The, the lack of straight line driving because I thought in game three uh, I, I thought there was more of an attention to detail of you know when you catch the ball you attack hard uh, and maintain the advantage I thought that Dallas did a good job of that at least in the first half and uh, they were able to generate quality looks and that just didn't fall uh, but yeah if you want some, someone alongside Luca to do that consistently then you're going to have to take a look out in the open market and I think there are guys available that can do that for you. Uh, specifically, a guy in Washington named Bradley Beal. Oh, yeah, Bradley Beal. I mean, we haven't, haven't seen him play in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, he'll get, get back into things. Um, I guess now we could talk about the should-be winners of this series, the uh, Warriors. Um, so, Yash, you could, you could start off. What, did, what, did you, what do you think about them moving forward off of uh, this series, going into the finals? Um. The finals. Uh, whoever they face coming out of the East is the, probably going to be the toughest defensive matchup that they're going to face in these playoffs. And it's going to be a different sort of coverage, I think, in that uh, they're going to be more willing to switch everything. Uh, so less spoon-fed advantages. Uh, so like Curry getting trapped, uh and creating a four-on-three, there's going to be less of that, I think. Both of those teams are going to be more comfortable uh, defending the Warriors' perimeter stars one-on-one. Uh, so the Warriors are going to uh, they're going to need to find more uh, shot creation off the dribble. I think so, uh, both teams, Miami and Boston, are really good at switching and are really disciplined at doing so. Uh, so that's also going to uh, muck up some of the, the motion stuff that, they've had success running uh, 
these past three rounds. Uh, so they're going to need to they're going to need to figure out uh, or guys are going to need to step up and uh, create looks off the dribble. Steph Curry is going to need to be that guy that he's been this series. Jordan Poole is going to need to be consistently good. And I think we're going to be just because of the defense that the other side presents that we're definitely going to be in for a more competitive series than we've seen in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think the physicality is going to be, or the physicality and athleticism of Miami and Boston, whoever comes out of that series, um, across like one through five is going to be really tough for the Warriors. Because if you think about it, both teams, even at like the one spot, they have like Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry, and then um, on the wings, you have like a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker at center, you got Robert Williams, Bam Adebayo. Like all these are just really like athletic, strong guys that, um, like Looney, I'm, I'm thinking about like Kevon Looney in this case, he, he might have a lot more trouble finishing against, um, oh, he is going to have more trouble finishing definitely, in this series than uh, against like a Maxi Kleba or like- a Luca in the back line. Yeah, exactly. Like these guys, all these teams have uh, guys on the back line that's going to be able to body up Looney and really make things tough for him because um, his finishing was a huge part of the series. Um, and I think this is also, I think we should kind of throw an Andrew Wiggins into this part too, because he's kind of uh, the one guy the Warriors have uh, kind of like that rangy wing type that can match up with like a Jimmy Butler on defense, a Jason Tatum. He also has the athleticism to compete with them um, in terms of like finishing above the rim, getting to the basket, uh, things like that. And he, he played really well this series. Um, so yeah, what, do, what do you think about Wiggins moving forward too? Yeah, uh, I think Wiggins is, is a good segue to talk about uh, Miami and Boston's offenses too because they, they also primarily revolve around one creator, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum and Andrew Wiggins is the one that's going to match up with them. Uh, so I thought what stood out to me in this series against Dallas, even though Luca was able to get his own and, you know, that's an, uh, that's an understatement. Uh, I thought Andrew Wiggins did a good job of matching his physicality for uh, wide stretches of the series. And he's going to need to continue to do that against Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, who uh, use their strength a lot to create, offense for themselves and others uh so th that's something that stood out to me and that's something he's going to continue to maintain going forward um and something that he's done really well uh, throughout these playoffs is offensive rebounding uh, when uh, team the opposing team has put a mismatch onto him uh, whether that be a smaller guard or a star that's uh not willing to do the little things uh he's been able to beat them on the perimeter to, to the ball off of a miss uh, and against the Miami or Boston that that probably puts more of a an emphasis on that that's that's probably gonna uh, those opportunities are going to be seen less and uh, less second chance opportunities for the Warriors uh, so that's something to look for moving forward as well yeah I was kind of just thinking one of the mm -hmm. Warriors Miami Celtics are going to win the finals this year I don't, yep. first of all I don't think anyone kind of foresaw or yeah, for uh, or they predicted any of these any of these teams to finish, um, kind of at this point. Like you know, the Warriors are gonna kind of reignite the dynasty in a little bit. The Celtic, this iteration of the Celtics are gonna win their first championship, or Miami's kind of get kind of get their revenge from uh like the twenty twenty bubble season. 
I thought that was, I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, yeah, a lot of strong storylines. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, going back to so, who would you rather face as the Warriors, uh, the the Celtics or the Heat? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think Boston's the tougher defensive matchup, uh, but offensively, that's tough. I, I think Miami. Miami, has, I think, has more potential to be more dangerous offensively, depending on how Bam Adebayo is playing. Uh, I didn't watch that game, uh, game three, his performance, but uh, if if he continues, or if he if he's turned the tide and uh, starts being continues to be aggressive, then that could present problems for Golden State because, as we've talked about, size is one of their biggest weaknesses, uh, and Bam Adebayo, when he puts it together, is a pretty overwhelming force. Uh, but I think. I don't know how confident I am in that. So I think Boston takes the cake and in, in being a tougher matchup for them. Yeah. I don't know. It's both pretty tough. Uh, if you think about it, I don't, I don't really know. I, wait, let's see. So yeah, Miami does have bam. And I think definitely the heat coaching offer in his ear kind of about being more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I think, <clears throat> I think I saw something. It was like, the amount of field goals he t- attempts he had in game three was the most he had in his entire career. Oh, wow. I believe. Yeah. Um, mm. So there was definitely a concerted effort uh, to get him more involved. And that's kind of the leap I think for Miami, they need Bam to make in order to become a championship team. Uh, they just need Bam to be another kind of like, shot maker next to Jimmy Butler. Cause you know, Jimmy Butler has, you know, his shots off sometimes, you know, and if he's not getting to the foul line at an obscene amount of times, his points are not going to be uh, that high. So, yeah, if Bam's aggressiveness keeps up, I think that would present an issue for the Warriors a lot. Um, but Boston's just all around size and length to me also is concerning too. Um, and I, I don't really – I guess you'd put – so Wiggins – it would be Wiggins on Tatum probably. Um, Tom Clay on uh, Jalen Brown – Curry on but see now that this is where it gets dicey because like now like what do you do now because you have you need curry and pool uh if Derek white plays they'll probably put one of them on him i guess one of them has to guard marcus smart but in their starting lineup when they don't start Derek white it's it's smart brown tatum horford williams like where are you gonna put where are you gonna put curry uh well i guess pool comes off the bench so it should be it probably have to play big against them mm-hmm. um, but yeah i just I just think the lack of, or the Warriors are really lacking just physically in a lot of these matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably this is probably be uh, the first series where where their size will actually actually be exploited and or lack of size will be exploited uh, for a good amount because the, the Memphis once they started Stephen Adams those last couple games it did give them issues, uh, but then again that was without Jaw last couple games of the series, uh, so this is the finals would be the first time that they'd actually be tested in that regard. I will say off uh, on the defensive end for the Warriors though, mm-hmm. both these teams are pretty like ISO heavy. This team just like a lot of wing, like wing mid range jumpers, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And I think the Warriors do a really good job of just loading up. Um, they'll mix in kind of, they mixed in like that zone a lot of the times. Um, and they kind of took away Luca's post up a little bit just by yep. showing so many bodies. I think that would will we'll kind of make up for their lack of just one-on-one 
um, ability to defend uh, the just Tatum or Butler at times. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The Warriors honestly might be favorites against both the team because I think they have their they have enough just schematically, and they have obviously have Draymond. I mean, they've experiences guard experience a lot of experience guarding in these like high pressure playoff scenarios just from the past, like against like the LeBron Cavs things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think their offense they probably could get enough because they're just so explosive all around that I could actually see them coming. They, it, it might be a bit of a grind of a series at times, but I think their offense actually might push them over the edge against both of these teams. Cause I think defensively they could, I mean, they held up against this Mavs team and they're, I think the Mavs offense is, is probably better than the Celtics and the heat. And I definitely think so. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easily. Um, and they were able to defend Luca pretty well. I mean, Luca still had a pretty good series. He averaged 34 on, on decent shooting. But he also has a ball in his hands, every single possession. Like he's going to get his numbers regardless. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think the Warriors could actually come out. Am I, am I going to make another prediction right now and might bite me, bite me later? But um, yeah, I think the Warriors could come out top. And, oh, I still have to answer the question though. Who's the, what was, that? What was my original question, the easier matchup or who would the Warriors rather face? Oh yeah. That's what you said. Um, so I say Miami. I, yeah, I think they'd rather think, face Miami. Yeah. I think Miami. Um, I think because I think Miami's offense is just less explosive potential. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Boston and Miami like are kind of similar uh, in a lot of ways, just in terms of their size. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I would say probably you don't Miami would be the you rather see Miami, uh, and you know that actually might be the case. They're up two one right now. Uh, we'll see after tonight's yep. game, but yeah, it might be it might be Miami again. Um, what do you what do you think about Otto Porter though? Just he might be out for a bit. Yeah, um, I think he's questionable for Game Four, but there is a chance he misses it given where they stand in the series, and uh, we really don't know how serious it is, so his status could change. But yeah, Otto Porter is is really valuable to them. Uh, they've really leaned on their depth the series with uh, the top their their core guys, like I mentioned. Uh, they've been pretty hit or miss in, in a lot of these games. And so they've relied on that depth and auto Porter is a big part of that. Uh, like his shot hasn't been following the series, but uh, he's been a major part of how they've played bigger than they actually are. Uh, like the Warriors are top five in rebounding uh, all across the board, total rebounds, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. And auto Porter might just be, or Kavon Looney's their best rebounder, I'd say, but Otto Porter's, I think he's second. Uh, just he gets, he always gets a body on people. Uh, defensive glass, he's, he, he always, uh, he, he's a major reason why they've been so successful offensive rebounding. Uh, so that's, that's something they'll miss. Uh, and it, especially if he misses time moving uh, into the finals, uh, that'll, that'll be an area they'll definitely miss him on, miss him. Uh, and also his finishing, I, I thought was good against Dallas. Uh, that's actually how he got injured on a cutting layup uh, where, where he faced some contact uh, and, and just the veteran presence. Because once you, with Otto Porter out, they've had to play like a Moses Moody or a Juan Toscana Anderson, two younger guys, less experienced. Uh, so that in itself presents its disadvantages. Young guys are generally hit or miss. Uh, so I don't know if Otto Porter is going to swing a series, but they'll definitely 
miss him for sure. He's kind of surprising, but he he's hit a couple like pull up jumpers, um, kind yep. of providing some some juice that way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still trying to think about how they they just get how this finals might uh, play out. Yeah, I mean, I guess you go to the back and the Warriors rotation. You are playing a little younger with with Moses Moody. I don't like people say, oh, he's staying on the floor, but I don't really know how much he's impacting the game. I feel like he's yeah. kind of he's kind of just there. He's not really making shots at like a high clip, like like people are like, oh yeah, he like yeah, staying yeah. on the floor as a rookie. Like he might be just like he's just kind of just running out there sometimes. Like I don't, he's not really doing much in my opinion. So I think my Wi-Fi yeah. went yeah, out yeah. for a bit, but yeah, um, yeah, I thought game what was it game two? Uh, they subbed him in for Damian Lee after a really rough stretch from him. Uh, I thought he did make a, a couple impact plays, uh, like uh, on defense. It was just him rotating. On offense, he had a really nice drive and dump in that fourth quarter. That was a big play. Uh, so in game two, I thought his impact was felt, but game three, I thought he wasn't so great. I, I think Dallas started keying in, keying in on him more. Uh, in that second quarter, uh, early second quarter stretch where they went on a run, pushed the lead to nine, Jalen Brunson started attacking him more. Uh, and like you said, his shot hasn't been falling on the offensive end. Uh, so he, yeah, he has been doing a lot of cardio. That, that game three was a lot of it was a cardio game for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a rookie, so you know he'll get the benefit of the doubt. But in an NBA final series, if if they're gonna if they're gonna be seeing Moses Moody minutes, I I I'm not super confident in that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't really know how much he's really impacting the game, but we'll see. Um, I think Jonathan Kaminga actually could have a pretty good role um, in the finals because he, you know, good athletic, good athleticism, good size. Uh, he can definitely come in um, and contribute. The, oh, the other thing I was going to say too, I just had this thought right now. Um, yeah. I think the turnovers for the Warriors have been, are well, particularly from Draymond, to be honest, um, have been pretty awful. Um, and if that, hopefully he'll tighten that up a little bit. Because both of the teams are gonna, they're gonna play in the finals. They they struggle, I think, uh, offensively. Um, and if, if Draymond's just throwing away passes, letting them get in transition, or just letting them win the possession battle, yep. that time that's gonna help prop up their the other team's offense. Which that's that's just something to watch out for. Hopefully, you know, um, he he'll tighten his turnovers up a little bit because sometimes it's just like very unforced turnovers and you know sometimes like the ball was like sail out of bounds which i mean i guess that's better than like a live ball turnover where it's just like a fast break on the other end um yeah what have you th- thought about draymond's play so far this playoffs yeah uh the turnovers have been disastrous i, I don't think there's any way to sugar- sugarcoat that and like you said uh, both of those teams uh boston and, and miami they have guys that make plays or that are able to make plays on the defensive end they're really good at anticipating uh, getting steals and that game two against that Miami game two against Boston. They really made that third quarter or second. Yeah. Third quarter run, literally just stealing the ball, getting out in transition, getting their guys going. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that he's going to have to clean up or else. Uh, yeah. Things are going to go South. Uh, but Draymond's play in, in the Dallas series, uh, it was, it's been pretty rough overall. I thought he had a good game one uh, outside of the turnovers. Again, I thought he, I thought he was pretty strong game one. Uh, 
scoring the basketball, especially, which has actually been good consistently. Uh, he's actually looked to the basket more. Uh, he's, he's taking shots, even if they haven't gone in. Uh, they've opened up offensive rebounding opportunities, just him taking layups. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins, again, coming through, uh, beating guys to the basket. Uh, the defense also has been a little rough. Uh, like, 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 you don't want to switch Draymond onto Luka. Uh, but, you know, Luka was having his way with him a couple of times. Uh, Draymond, Draymond was, was incredible on the back line. I thought game three, uh, not so sh- – I don't know if he really stood at game one and two, but the, fou- the fouling. Right. The fouling was uh, the biggest drawback overall. He wasn't really, even if he wasn't playing well, he wasn't able to see too much time on the floor because he was constantly fouling. And Draymond's one of the few guys uh, from a coaching standpoint, I'd say you could trust out there with like three or four fouls early into a game. But uh, even at that point, he was confused, continued to pick up fouls and ultimately fouled out in that game too. Uh, so it was a pretty rough series overall for him but for me like going forward what I like to take away is that that scoring aggression I think that's what I'm taking away the most because he's going to need to continue to look uh look to score the basketball at least look at the basket when he's driving um with how how good Miami and Boston's defenses are that's so sad how his offensive skills diminish so much to the point where we're like yeah, his scoring aggressiveness <laughs> is opening up offensive rebounding opportunities. Like, we just assume yeah. we're going to miss the shot, but maybe Andrew Wiggins could fly in and get a rebound. <laughs> that's pretty. It's that's it's pretty been fun. a lot. It's been a rough last couple of years, but uh, yeah. Anything, any any positive sign, I'm I, I take away from Draymond. I thought defensively, he's. I mean, he's he's been his usual awesome self on that end. Mm. Uh, just with his back, I think his closeouts, his closeouts to me have really stood out. Oh yeah, um, and I think for the majority of the season, if I'm to remember correctly, he's been guarding Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, so Luca will will drive, make that kick out to to Dorian Finney-Smith, and Draymond Green does a good job of playing kind of the the two on one, like as the one on the defense one, like in those certain scenarios in the half court um, where he'll like bait, or it will be like a pick and roll, and he'll like bait the tag and or, or bait the tag, and like well, he'll like play in between both really well. Um, he'll prevent the the big from getting a catch and finishing. Um, at the mm-hmm. same time, though, he's been able to close on Dorian Finney-Smith, who isn't like a like a great shooter. He's like a he could shoot the ball. Uh, he's not a great shooter, so he's like kind of closing out enough to make it uncomfortable for him to uh, for Dorian Finney-Smith to shoot the ball. But at the same time, uh, he's also taking away Dorian Finney-Smith's drive and preventing the Mavericks from uh, continuing the advantage. Um, so then now the Mavericks have to go out, reset the ball again. Now they're running against the shot clock, uh, trying to get to the basket again. So I think in that in that way he's been really good. That's why, um, kind of maybe putting him on like the, putting him on a on a lesser offensive player, so he can help kind of force the the pass out to that guy, like maybe like a PJ Tucker, um, on Miami or for Boston maybe put him on like. Uh, I guess depending on why, maybe Derek White or maybe like Al Horford or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and kind of take away whatever like advantage continuation they they try to bring. Uh, so I think he's been really good in that in that sense, and and he kind of like on on the defensive end, he kind of just makes that team work with his uh, versatility, his communication, all of that. And obviously everyone knows because the Warriors have been so good for so long on on that, and except for that one season, but. Um, 
But yeah, I think I think he's had a pretty good defensive series. Offense, you know, not so much, but defensively, I think he's he's brought it pretty well. Um, I think. Oh, let's talk about Jordan Poole really quickly, and then we'll mm-hmm. we can, we can uh, wrap it up. Uh, so he only averaged twenty seven minutes in the past uh, past series. Yeah, he played so twenty seven minutes last game, twenty eight minutes, and then twenty six minutes. Um, and it, I'm trying to see his scoring. So he had a pretty good game one, game two. He had 19, 23 points. This past game, he only had four field goals, uh, 10 points. Um, so do you think he needs to – well, he definitely needs to probably kick it up a notch um, in this next series. But, yeah, so what, what, are, what are your thoughts on Jordan Poole moving forward now too? Yeah, uh, I thought Jordan Poole had a good – or the series is no yet, but <laughs> keep thinking it is. Uh, I thought those first three games, he was good overall. Uh, that game one and two, uh, he was really keen on attacking Dallas's holes on the defensive end. On the switches, on the switches. Yeah, especially, yeah, yeah the switches and in pick and roll. He was, uh, well, he, well, when Luca was on the floor, at least he'd bring him into the action, attack him, attack the hedge, attack the trap, get by him and, and, and either get a layup for himself or create plays. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, against the switches, Davis Bertans, Maxi Kleba, uh, it was like a, a an auto blow by at that. I think his Wi-Fi cut out again. Um, but yeah, I think Jordan Poole's ability to break down the defense, especially, is going to be important in going into these, uh, going into the Miami Boston series because both those teams can and will switch a lot. Um, so you kind of need that break that break the defense down off the dribble type of guy. Um, and Poole is probably at this point, probably the best one, maybe first or second with Curry, but I think Jordan Poole's handle um, is just a lot more explosive. Um, so I really like, I really like that part. Oh, he's back. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah. Uh, Ed Jerome is, has not been my friend today. Uh, but yeah, just to close out that point, I think, yeah, Jordan Poole is going to be going to be the X factor in that series. He's, not going to get played off the floor as much defensively. Uh, and his, his offensive, uh, what he brings to the table offensively is dribble drive. And uh, just shot creation is, is going to be important against the switching that Miami and Boston presents. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, any, any last thoughts or we can wrap it up for today? Uh, I, think, I think we can wrap it up, yeah. Okay, yeah, so keep an eye out. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, I think those two are going to be key moving into the, the next series. Um, yeah, uh, we'll hopefully have a reaction to the uh, Boston-Miami game or series, depending on how things go in the next few days. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening.